Welcome to episode 68 of the Brothers of Discussion. Discussion. I, uh, That's I should, right. I should We're really good at 172 pounds. He's recently married and he's making a baby. Give it up for Matthew. Fruit of his looms. Clean. Did you just say I'm 472 pounds? No, I said you're 170 oh. something, and then I said your nickname was Matt Fruit of the Looms Clean. I heard 400. <laughs> I heard 400. <laughs> All right, Matt, you are not. You are 300 pounds less than that. Thanks, Mike. I thought I thought it was in reference to uh, Dijakovic and his 272 pounds and. Uh, I think it was Morrow was trying to create his own division uh, based off of... Oh, no, no, that was you. That was your tweet. That was me. <laughs> I gave it Morrow was Nalo. Your... I was like, that, that tweet was so good. It had to have been Morrow or Nalo don't saying give, it. Don't give Morrow credit for that tweet. <laughs> oh, we need to start a new division at 275 Live. <laughs> That's right, mate. These 275-pound guys never get a fair shot. Well, that... What the hell are you talking about, Percy? I never got a fish short, fucking Daniel. <laughs> anyway, Matt, where can people find the brothers of they discussion? All of our wonderful stylings, our, our other 67 episodes, archived, ready for your listening pleasure. And of course, the blogs that used to happen, they're all at bodpodcast.com. Bodpodcast.com. We're Yay. also, you know, we're. We're doing a little less on uh, BODpodcast.com, but we are doing a little bit more on at BODpodcast. That's our Twitter account. Go ahead, follow us there. We're also on Facebook where um, uh, some conversations happen there, but you can follow us on Twitter. That's where the gold happens over at yeah. BODpodcast. We like uh, we like fish. Yeah, we like fishing for tweets and favorites with oh, yeah. real wrestlers. We're not going to get those on the old <laughs> Facebook. Mike, we had, uh, I counted it up, we nearly had 100,000 people see the uh, the uh, the podcast Twitter account this past Monday. We did such a great job uh, throwing around our, our handle, having some conversations with the fans out there. Oh, there goes Milo, having some barks while we're recording. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> we had, we have, we have, we have so deer, much for we have deer huh? outside in the backyard, and I. You should. Uh, well, I, no, I, we were watching ahead. them for a while, so I wouldn't be surprised if the deer were still out there. And now, little Milo's going nuts. So, for you know, it's basically a dog that's three times his size rather than just two times his size. <laughs> there are some bucks. There's actually bucks oh outside. God. It was a. Uh, Ooh, some. They, uh, <laughs> were they young bucks? <laughs> they they were fluffy bucks. No, no young bucks. They were four. Four point bucks, oh, so uh, not a lot of points on that one. Well, we like to pretend we're in a recording bubble here, a recording studio, and uh, Milo clearly wanted to break kayfabe a little bit. Should maybe rename him to Ronda oh! Rousey. Oh, oh shit! snap! Mike, that Woo! was a wonderful transition. 
for us to talk about Roman Reigns. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh, Mike, let's let's jump into this. Uh, let's we'll, let we'll wrap up the well, last you know what? conversation. Let's, let's talk. Yeah, we did a we did a little dog. We're gonna do a big dog, and then we're gonna do the Bronda dog. <laughs> was, the uh, at bod podcast, the bodpodcast.com. But Mike, what what to you was the biggest moment this week? Because we had a lot of huge moments, and we, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna get into all of them, and we're gonna put you right to bed. But go ahead, Mike. We hope you like four hour. Yeah, it's gonna be a Joe Rogan podcast. It's gonna be five and a half days. <laughs> all right. Matt, the biggest moment I would say it's it's Roman Reigns. Um, I I don't think I've ever been this glued to a, the TV for a Roman Reigns segment. Um, it looks like whoever is in the back producing this show just said, "That's what you're going to tell us, Roman. You got 20 minutes, but get out there and just you know do what you want. Go ahead and ad lib." Go improvise. Uh, this is your big no, moment, big guy. Can I, big can, I be, can I be a dick? Can I can I play devil's advocate here? You I'm gonna play. play it all right, yes. I'm pulling it out. I'm whipping it around. It. I'm making balloon animals. That's right. It's that big. Mike, was there any? Here, here's my here's my thought on this. And and people were talking about um, the WWE is not really bad for having Roman Reigns come out and advertising it. I don't really think they're bad, but here's here's part of my uh, like the thought process here. Was there any chance Roman was going to come out and go, Hey guys, still got cancer. I'll see you later. Like, <laughs> what? well, no, but you know, you might, he might be saying, you know, it, it, you know, things are on the upswing, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not even a live segment. Maybe it's just like a vignette. Um, I heard some people kind of pissing and moaning that it, it was, um, like scheduled you know they said you know uh, hey tune in monday night we're gonna have an update from roman reigns and the way their numbers have been plummeting i i don't think that that's such a bad idea to advertise that he's gonna be there um yeah i and i mean like when we got news about daniel bryan coming back from his you know what we thought was a career-ending injury i think it it got more eyeballs on the situation and i and i think if this had been that moment plus a garbage raw then i'd be doing a lot more dissecting but it, they definitely went balls to the wall on this episode and just had all sorts of segments you know for all of uh, just a myriad of different wrestling interests and like styles uh, clashes <laughs> if you will so i was really happy with this moment i you know we give roman a lot of heck you know, as a as a character, but I'm glad that this crowd this this was a perfect crowd reaction. Um, they just gave him adoration and love, and he he still wasn't you know the the most articulate man of all time, um, but it was heartfelt, and that's you know that's what you're asking for in this kind of situation. So this segment I, I thought was great, um, and we get the the Seth Rollins hug at the end. You know, I'm gonna be honest my wiener moved a little bit when that happened matt how much did your wiener um it it moved a considerable amount um it it gave itself you know wiggled to and fro it uh i i think what was exciting was just what what we had predicted actually you know and and not really in a timely sense uh when we did predict it but uh (laughs) his return and and what (laughs) the the amazing amount of 
uh, fan support that he, you know, we predicted he would get did come to fruition, and, and it, it, uh, it was when he came out and made the announcement. But I, th- I think what made me wiggle, I guess, the most is your question. Wanted to uh, yeah. uncover. It was when he did his ooh and for the first time that I can remember, there was no boo. It was it just was, everybody. Yeah, everybody said ooh. There was no <laughs> ba, and it, it was it was amazing yeah. to hear, and it, it was expected. I think if anybody was sitting there going, "All right, he's back. Fuck this guy," like. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, there probably right. were still a couple people that were booing, but you know they're they're kind of dumb. I mean, this is as much as I don't want to play into the fact that you know there's there's bound to be story that will wrap itself into this. I mean, the WWE did it themselves first when they had Dean Ambrose talk about it uh, a few months ago, but uh, it's just I think we're all just gonna cheer for Roman now. Like it's it it. It's the silver lining from such a horrible situation is that now the WWE gets the hero they always hoped he would become. And and now it'll be hard to well, ever let... go against <laughs> that. Well, let me let me paint mm-hmm. a picture for you, Matt. And it's just because of all the ridiculous uh, you know, social yeah. media reactions, okay? The rock. Oh yeah. John Woo! Cena. I'm really confusing people right now. Neither of those two guys could get Roman Reigns over, but cancer oh, did. Oh, wow. All right, where's this going? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. You tell Where me. Where are we going? This is some scary. Oh, these are some rocky waters. Um, thank God for cancer. That's all. I'm uh, yeah, about. where the fuck are you going with Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is what it took. Get- this is what it took. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll leave it at that. I think it's best at this point we move on. Um, what do you, you got some thoughts on that, man? I dare you. I dare you. Come on. Uh, I, I'm happy for Roman. Um, like I said, I was excited. I wiggled. Uh, and and I was ooh-eyeing in, in my house. So, I... No, you know what? It's it's just because Matthew. You know, if I were to book Roman Reigns, the biggest opponent that's left for him was cancer, and he cancer jobbed out to Roman Reigns. I thought that is it was one beautiful. way to look at it. Uh, essentially, at this point, nothing can defeat Roman Reigns. There isn't a superstar on the roster that has come close, and now cancer has gone down. So, who's now, next? I think for WrestleMania 36, we go with AIDS. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Now, I think what you do is you make it a three-mania, uh, uh, a series of matches, <laughs> yeah. okay? Hey, old big dog so... and rabies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that Russo doesn't work I'm so glad nobody anymore. listens to this podcast, because that was fucking terrible. <laughs> well... I, you know, I I think it'd be a great idea. You know, the first time maybe you know AIDS goes over, right? That oh Jesus! Second time maybe Roman squeaks one out, and then the third time, you know, we got a rubber match. You know, Roman versus yeah. AIDS. And that, you know, that's you know, I'm gonna kindly walk away because there's <laughs> nothing to say 
without making a lot of people well, uncomfortable. This is an awful so, topic. I, I love the way I love how your mind just uh, comes up with these um, insanely imaginative uh, storylines. Now, h- how would you get into this? Would would you actually have Roman? Uh, head over to the red light district. Uh, I don't know, in whichever town they're in at the time, and and kind of kind of give this, bro, bro. I you know we talk a lot about kayfabe. I think what we need to do is give Roman <laughs> real AIDS and see if he really is. You know, the so new actually, Superman. you can set this up then and have him go to uh maybe you know some some office that might have uh, a quick way for Roman to get this. Uh, just, just oh, with absolutely. a syringe. You, you go to the right, you go to the right hospital, right back alley oh, I... with a needle. <laughs> I mean, oh, what did, oh, did you have a better, a more efficient way to get AIDS? I would love to hear this. This is a big well, there time There has to be some, some party of people that are, that are working right now to uh, cure it. So they, they should have some AIDS ready to go. So at this point, we the the um, presentation to uh, said scientists uh, would just be from Vince McMahon in the WWE. Uh, it'd be similar to when uh, Vince uh, was was proposing the idea of uh, either Shane or himself having sex with his daughter. Uh, but he'd go in with that same sort of uh, confidence and present to these scientists, "Hey, we think that we have the cure to AIDS." And it starts with the big dog, and Roman will kick the door in. Yeah, oh, Roman absolutely. kicks the door in. Um, and at first, he thinks he can just like kind of pin the syringe, but uh, I-, I guess he'll get pinned back. <laughs> and then that'll be the that'll be the start. Absolutely. You know, we've done a lot of matches. You know, in boiler rooms. I think we should have one in a in a bedroom filled with hypodermic <laughs> needles, and then. What we do is we have Roman with Magic Johnson in his corner. He takes on. Now, we've seen Shawn Michaels fight God. I think what we do is we have Roman fight AIDS. We get him We get him a microscope. We get him some, you know, antibodies, and we see what he can do in a lab. We'll see if he can actually beat anybody. Well, I, I think this is a great point to, to move on, Vince. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the input. I, I think we, we definitely... Uh, sold this idea. We, d- we do, we do, you know, contractually, I do have to mention that there is a Vince Russo uh, disclaimer that the thoughts and feelings of me do not reflect either of the brothers yeah. of discussion. And, and of course, uh, we mean none of this. And my own curiosity uh, from Vince Russo's idea here is, is where those qu- questions come from and the ideas. But uh, we, of course, would never, ever want this to happen. We are just kidding. We know this has to be said for it's, a certain group of our followers who <laughs> take everything. Now, everything you're saying is totally redundant because you can edit any podcast. You two are fucked. All right. Well, that was Vince Russo. You two have a lovely week. Thank you for the podium of nonsense. And I will see you guys next week. Well, Mike, the second biggest moment of the week was probably. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. That's yeah. the best way to do it. Uh, it was the return of uh, Dave Batista. Beating the shit out of an old man, <laughs> makes his his call out to Triple H. I I thought it was beautiful oh. because Mike, I have been bitching the last few weeks. Like, who wants to watch Rick Rick Flair's birthday celebration? I did not give a shit. 
I did not want to watch that. You know, and, and I got, you know, thankfully I had my TV on because I kind of had that hope that that's not what this was going to be about. It was just this old man trotting out and everybody, yes, yeah. you know, yep. pinching their, their butts. But uh, that's not what happened. Yep. No, WWE hit a home run with that whole segment because they really, really, you know, it kind of reminded me of that emotional swing of like the Festival of Friendship. You know, where you're seeing all these big moments, the fireworks, the confetti, you know, the murals, the cake, you know, all that stuff. And you know that it's just setting you up for the, the big push down the mountain. So we get to see, you know, all the Ric Flair's yeah. buddies, uh, his, his, his best feuds, you know, the heads of the company. I don't know where his daughter was. Uh, but everybody else was there. Um, one of my favorite moments was Ricky Dragon Steamboat coming up and uh, Knife Edge chopping everybody up on top of the ramp. Uh, that was hysterical um but uh yeah i you know we're learning wwe is a big spongebob fan uh if you remember that segment how many times we have to teach you this lesson old man (laughs) you know you know and then uh, batista um basically you know last just i think just a week ago we were like you know what what are we what do we have in store for wrestlemania and you know now we got the big dog uh, back on the map. So he's obviously going to be on the card. Now we're getting Batista on the card. Um, so that, you know, idea from earlier in the show, we're going to have, you know, different strokes for different folks, you know, all sorts of different matches, try and, you know, uh, every kind of wrestling fan. We got, we got a little something for you. So if you got that nostalgic feeling, my God, we're going to see Dave Batista, Drax, mega movie star, former Disney employee, uh, he's going to be battling more than likely the game Triple H at WrestleMania, and I I'm I'm really excited for that match. Yeah. Um, you know we've seen Tri- in Triple H and, and some garbage. Uh, you know that that weird. I and I just I immediately thought of the Sting match. Um, you know Batista is, is not sixty plus years old with his hair falling out of his head. Uh, he shaved it right out. He's ready to go, man. He's he's in fighting. He's yeah. in movie shape. You gotta look ridiculous to be in movies, and Batista is ready for this fight. Um, only question is, Matt, hot tag. I loved this segment, but does this mean Batista is the heel, and are people gonna boo Batista? At uh, it's a very good question because they have been kind of given Triple H and, and Stephanie. They've been giving them this these opportunities to look like faces. So maybe that maybe that is what is coming into play here. Maybe it was you know just kind of like the soft open. Uh, just let's let's kind of make Triple H look like he's reasonable, and uh, now he's going to be the hero to Ric Flair. Only problem is for folks like me who really wanted to see that happen. I thought Dave Batista was doing us a favor. So I'm already on board. I'm ready. I'm all Batista. And I just watched uh, on my flight home yesterday, I watched Avengers Infinity War. And, you know, Batista's always knocking that that tracks roll out of the park. So, uh, And obviously that would mean yeah. I, I watched it after watching Monday Night Raw. So I loved it that much more. Uh, I'm I'm 100% behind Batista. I, uh, it'll, it'll be fun to see which direction they go. And maybe they were doing this because... You know, they were fearful of, of Batista getting booed again and being Batista like he was last time. Um, I think I think that's the better route to go. Like, just make him a heel, and if the fans lo- want to love him anyway, I think that's fine. Because uh, he's going to be going up against the same kind of character that's 
kind of good, kind of bad. So uh, it, it all works. Uh, but, I mean, to answer the question, it, yeah. it, it probably is, you know, like the way we're supposed to think is Batista will be our heel uh, for this feud. Now, I have a hot tag question. What is the next time we see Dave Batista? Are we, are we going to be lucky enough to actually see him on the next Monday Night Raw? Or is this going to be something that we're waiting until two no. weeks before WrestleMania? No, you let... Yeah, well, not maybe not that long. You let this marinate a little bit. Let's get through Fastlane. Uh, you know, give it a week or so. We don't we don't need to see Batista every week. We just... Now we have that seed planted. <clears throat> we can get, you know, back to maybe some more NXT matchups on Monday. Because we didn't get as money as we did, you know, the week before. Um, you know, we could still rotate. We got so many things we can rotate through now. Um, and I think with this storyline, less is going to be more. So you don't want to have, you know, 100 Batista segments. Don't make the guy do a bunch of long promos unless, you know, they're letting, uh, you know, James Gunn write some Drax-style, you know, comedy promos for him. Um, but yeah, more more like this. More of him pummeling and yelling at cameras. Uh, that's what well, we if, want. If, uh, let's see, WrestleMania is uh, April 7th. I'm trying to look up, what's the date for Fastlane? Is that in two Sundays? Um, March 17th? March 17th? Uh, right? Yes! Oh, God, this is hard. Um, so let's say it is that day. All right, so, well, so yeah, that March means 17th. we're going to have one... Yeah. Oh. One, two, three Mondays before WrestleMania. And I guess, you know, that's that's enough for, you know, to get some excitement for uh, Bat-Ista. Uh, I think we'll, we'll probably... Nobody's really going to argue that this match is going on because it's not like Batista's taking out Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles or, you know, any of the NXT guys. He's just going to fight, you know, his old buddy Triple H. Uh, that, that's fine. I, I think if he's coming back just to do that, it all, that all works out. Um, so, right. three weeks, I got, you know what, he might even come in, maybe if there's something going on at Fastlane, maybe, maybe Batista makes an appearance, but it's definitely, I think we can guarantee that Batista's gonna be on TV on, on March 18th, and then, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens between, uh, the 18th and, uh, April 7th. Do you think, uh, that would be yep. it for Batista? <clears throat> um... I, I don't know. I know that when he they've interviewed him and said, hey, what do you think of a WWE return? He's open to it. <clears throat> he said he doesn't want to do cheap pops, so he was turning down requests, you know, to be in the Royal Rumble because he didn't want to be in there, you know, for five minutes um, or maybe just an entrance and a quick mm -hmm. elimination. That was not what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a heel. So I think part of this angle is his idea. Um, and he gets, you know, he's beating up his mentor. You know, he's beating up Ric Flair, so it's... He's hanging out with his, you know, favorite people in wrestling. Um, he gets to be a heel, and I, I don't think it's going to be a short-lived program. It, it might be a little bit similar to what he did with uh, the Shield when they were fighting Evolution, uh, where he hung out. Uh, I think he had was it three, three or four consecutive pay-per-views. He showed up. He had a one-on-one -on -one with Del Rio. Then he had the Daniel Bryan match, and then I believe he had. Uh, you know the tag team yeah. match after and that. then that was the end of the shield um <clears throat> so yeah. also uh and I, I i would love to see all that um i i do kind of think that batista's doing a one-off but you know if he does more I'd, i'll be i'll be more than happy i 
I wish more more of the legends would kind of follow his his lead here. Um, you know, where it's Beating not shit just out of Ric some, Flair. You know, goof goof. Well, just, just some goofy, flabby guy. You know, in the Rumble, getting you know overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, like it didn't it didn't really seem like Jeff Jarrett was really ready for you know his Rumble match uh action and then he had those weird segments with elias that the crowd wasn't really into because it didn't really seem like jeff was really that into it um to be honest and he you know he put on the old get up with that goofy i don't know s and m collar i don't well, know what that is with the I, I don't know if you've nipples, ever heard like but... the uh the mick foley interviews about his returns uh he always like talked about like he'd, he'd only talk glowingly about a couple of them most of his returns like even uh fights with randy orton or like when he tagged with the rock against uh, uh evolution he never really was a fan of that and he doesn't even go back and watch him because he, he, he just doesn't he didn't put enough effort into it he wasn't excited about it at the time and, and this kind of to me just tells that story of these guys know what they do best and it can still look exciting, even when Mick Foley's not, you know, uh, 100% on board. I think if you've ever gone back and watched, you know, The Rock Return with Mick Foley, that, that's a fun segment to watch uh, when they are fighting yeah. Evolution. And it's just, sometimes you just grab that paycheck. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm okay with that. But, you know, if we had to pick as fans, you know. I don't get, yeah. We want it doesn't. It, it it never gave me the feeling that this guy was just here to make money, which he is. I mean, he's got a family and you know a life. You know, and he just you know kind of got. He's kind of walking a strange line with uh, Disney and Marvel. Um, but I I feel like he has a genuine love for this business. You know, he uh, uh he's he's bled for it. He he's given every ind- indication that no, he wants uh, to be around you know he doesn't ever yeah no i'm talking i'm talking about jeff but... jarrett and and you know that that sort of notion i i, I don't think batista's here for the okay. money i mean i'm sure he's happy to take the paycheck and i'm sure there's a long negotiation but uh, i know he actually enjoys doing this um now another yeah. guy who only does this for the money and only for his family made his return on <laughs> smackdown <laughs> i'm just kidding uh but we're talking about KO, Kevin Owens, uh, replaces Kofi Kingston on the WWE Championship match. Kofi fans go nuts. If if you're a Kofi fan, yes. all that told you is that Kofi Kingston's getting a WrestleMania main event WWE Championship match. That's what him getting replaced by Kevin Owens means. It, I, I just can't believe yep. that they did it for a one week, pat ourselves on the back, Kofi's in this match, and now he's not. Uh, the only other thing I would say, right. like, would be the holdup on, on don't get too excited about Kofi Mania would be if Kofi gets reinserted back into this match because the WWE Ooh. loves to, to kind of play this game of, like, the couple weeks before they change the match or who's in it and everything needs to be reset by the likes of us who have these ideas of what we're about to watch and then it all changes. Even the night of, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, that being said, well, I mean the the panic, yeah, the panic was because it's so short sighted. If you want Kofi in a one on one title match, you do not want it in a middle of the ground pay per view, because belts are not usually you don't have eyeballs on it. It's not a big moment. 
you're not even going to notice if he wins the title. So you, yeah. you wouldn't waste it on that. So you, you want to have it on a grand stage. You want to have it mean something. And it's not going to mean something if it's the pre-WrestleMania pay-per-view when we have WrestleMania tickets to sell. And you know Daniel Bryan's going to be part of it. So it just makes everybody look dumb if he you know, has a short reign with his belt and then gives it you know, right back to Daniel. It, it doesn't make sense. This is the best possible scenario. If you really think Kofi deserves to be champion, this is the best thing that could have happened. WWE, it looks like what we were going to get once Mustafa Ali got hurt, what we were going to get was probably um, Kofi losing at Fastlane, and then we move on to the next feud. But reinsert, seeing how popular he was, seeing how over he was with the crowd at Elimination Chamber and the, the SmackDowns that followed... Um, at the gauntlet match, all those things seemed like, um, well, the gauntlet was to establish that Kofi should even be considered, you know, in this Elimination Chamber as a serious threat. And then what you do is you just jaw-dropping how, how hot he was, crowd-wise, at Elimination Chamber in these SmackDowns. So now you kind of, whoa, take a step back and be like, maybe we got something here. And you know that Fastlane is, you know, it's a trash pay-per-view. It's just kind of a, you know, you know, you got to get to, you know, from A to Z, you got to get through, you know, the J's and M's. And to WrestleMania is where it's at. You don't have, a, nobody talks about their Fastlane moment. It's your WrestleMania moment. This couldn't be better for Kofi if you want to finally see him hold the gold. Matt, I, I think you're in the on the same uh, page for sure on that on that sentiment um and one thing i really like the way you phrased it we're gonna get kofi mania don't settle for kofi fastlane i called it co-fastlane king kingston <laughs> i know See, I wrote, i'm reading this right now co-fastlane but it looks like co-fastlane yeah. which Woo! Yeah. time for some hot new day fisting um <laughs> Um, the only, Matt, only thing, uh, just kind of a hot tag here. How long do you think we're going to be seeing Kevin Owens cutting these cute family-oriented promos? Is this exclusively because he's fighting arguably the biggest heel in the well, company? Well, another thing you can't ignore either is how he's been saying online uh, that Kofi deserved this. And, you know, he, he's making the argument of, I wouldn't say no to this. Who would? You know, I'm not trying to take this from Kofi. So he's really, they're really pushing this this good guy, Kevin Owens. And we brought this up last week. You know, is, is this this change? Because the WWE knows that the, the, uh, the fans respect and love Kevin Owens. And whatever promos he does, even when he's, uh, you know, tearing down our beloved baby faces, we still giggle and love KO. And he, it's just because he's that creative and, and smart and, and, and owns... Owens owns that ring when when he's holding the microphone, you know, and when he's wrestling. But uh, I I just think I don't I don't know if this would make it too far into the year, but I I won't be surprised if this goes into the summer because uh, you know KO his you know his real game is is being a heel, but uh, I think I think there's a good opportunity here to to test test the waters see see what he does is like a cuddly ko but you know when he gets that opportunity if it if it's him taking out kofi or if that's 
that's the after WrestleMania is is maybe Kofi's champion, and they go from there. Um, you know that that'll be the easiest turn, and we'll all see it coming, and it'll it'll be fine because we like it. Um, but I, I, if I, I think the next the next we're gonna jump into the next welcome back. Uh, go ahead. No, uh, there isn't a lot to say about Kevin Owens. He's one of the best in the business. I'm glad he's back. Um, and he's right where he should be in the main event picture. So we'll kind of muddy up the Kofi waters um, so we can stretch this out to Mania. Um, I was going to just jump into the Matt Hardy yeah. is back. Um, the only thing I didn't like about that segment is we were supposed to get our Gargano versus Champa match. Or uh, Gargano versus uh, Cesaro, excuse me. Um, and that uh, card subject to change, which is what Cesaro tweeted um, Tuesday night. But uh, Matt, are you gonna miss? You know, we're maybe seeing the end of the woken Matt Hardy character. Um, are you gonna miss that? Do you think it's gonna come back? Yeah. And, um, and what what is what is to be gained by Matt Hardy losing that that thing that made him? And, Stand and you know we never do this enough, but we don't we don't do enough background for anybody that's not watching every episode. But um, you know, Welcome Matt Hardy's that that weirdo character that actually came from a completely different promotion, and he's just you know he's he's going above like what a a normal human you know I, I don't know this uh, his vocabulary expands quite a bit and he's also making up words and he's he's talking about the cosmos and stuff like that um and now he's just gonna go back to 90s you know matt and jeff hardy that 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 we we grew up with i, I don't want to say we're used to because i guess we were used to woke and matt hardy um I, it's it's a good change of pace, and and WWE did not know how to write or script or tell the story of Woke and Matt Hardy, and I think they just wanted to put too much of a, a stranglehold down on on what that Woken Matt Hardy character was supposed to be. So, am I gonna miss it? Not yeah. even a little bit. Like, I, they got they got their video game mode out of it uh, for WWE 2K games, and I think that was the extent yep. of what the WWE is going to be able to execute uh, with that character. And nobody hates Matt and Jeff Hardy as a tag team. It just we are building up a lot of tag teams right now, so whatever's going to happen in that direction, you know. And we've talked at length, week after week after week, about how loaded these rosters are. Um, you know, I I don't like seeing Jeff in singles matches anyway. So I guess if I had to pick, and these guys are contracted, I'd rather that they were a tag team, even with the situation we're in, and and you know these these loaded tag team rosters and singles rosters and just yeah. top to bottom loaded. Yeah. Overall rosters, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of tag teams, Matt, I know you wanted to talk about as far as welcoming uh, people to WWE, the main roster, uh, Ricochet and Alistair yeah, sort of Black a welcome back after team... you know a week. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Yeah. Hey, you're still here. Yeah, uh, they got to beat up the Raw Tag Team Champions. Very exciting, and they also got to do battle with Nakamura and Rusev. Now. I love all six of these people. I think they're all really good at their jobs. If I know they have a match, it, it makes me more invested in the program. Um, what's just kind of tough about this, this Matt, um, 
we're burying the, the Raw Tag Titles again. Um, so, you know, the Revival is just kind of a springboard for the Ricochet and Aleister Black careers. And I'm, kind of, I'm just a little bummed out. I know Ricochet and Aleister have to beat somebody. But, I, I don't know. Was there any way we could have maybe preserved this Nakamura and Rusev tag team that seemed like it was kind of blossoming and seemed like a, you know, a pretty interesting matchup? I think I would want to see more of Aleister Black versus Nakamura. Um, do you think that these were the right, the right opponents for Ricochet and Aleister? Would you have chosen other people? Just to kind of protect, you know, these other two entities that had to take the loss on Monday. Well, I'll make the argument that we're we're trying to build these guys into something that's making a connection between people who don't watch NXT and the you know the the casual fan if if they are actually tuning into SmackDown. Um, I I think I think it's fine. You still get to make the argument that Nakamura and Rusev maybe aren't as uh, <laughs> I mean, not that Ricochet and Alistair are are tag team. Uh, at heart but yeah you get to, you get to make that argument that these two were just enemies uh weeks ago if not you know if we want to go longer than that but um or or even if you want to say they're still enemies and begrudgingly are a tag team you know that being said right. you get you get to you get to use that uh, that's that's where maybe any of their faults come from and I, I think that at least gives you an opportunity to have Ricochet and Alistair get some victories over some names that we, we recognize. And I don't know how much good... Well, you know, I'll take a step back. So you've got Ricochet and Alistair Black are probably coming up sooner rather than later. And, and are going to become full-time main roster right. competitors. If, unless what we predicted months ago is going to happen, where we said this will just be an interchangeable three-way roster... Um, you know, NXT, SmackDown, Raw, anybody can go anywhere. And we'll get into that later in regards to the women's division. But, um, you know, if if the long game here is guys that have contracts like Ricochet and Alistair, I guess that's where it should go. We still don't know what Nakamura's next move is. Um, and, and people have been writing articles online that, Rusev and Lana are trying to get fired, which I don't know why you wouldn't just ask for your release like the other guys. But I'm just saying that I don't believe right. that. But if that notion's there, then there's still that, you know, unclear feeling of what their future's going to look like. And I just, I come back to what the bigger picture is. And when you've got four guys basically losing to Ricochet and Aleister Black, who haven't necessarily moved the needle yet because they've been on the main roster um why not just start building these other guys up that you know have some pretty hot songs uh you know entrance themes when they come to the ring they're they're causing buzz on on social media and then they get to make that connection with with a new brand starting with double or nothing in aew where they get to say well we have these two awesome guys on our roster that are completely focused on pro wrestling. Maybe, maybe that's the change they're making. I, I, you know, uh, it's this is also the brand that um, that's supposed to be on Fox, and and Fox is requesting a more sport-like uh, television show in SmackDown. So again, there's the next notion of. Maybe that's where this is all headed, and guys like Ricochet and Alistair are going to be highlighted more than anybody. But, 
you know, I, I, I think it's fine. I, I will go back and say that if, if, if we're looking at the big picture, big picture two years ago, this would make no sense. Big picture now, I think the future and the more important push is Ricochet and Alistair. And it's not what I'd want, but it just, to me right now, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm not upset at all to see any of them getting extra matches on TV. It's just, um, oh yeah, I, it's uh, it's just another kind of, just another, uh, you know, another example in a long line of you know the revival being punching bags and Nakamura and Rusev also, you know, kind of being more of a, a stepping stone role. Um, you know, neither of, neither of those guys holding the major belts, and it doesn't look like that's you know gonna be in their future well mike you wanted so. to talk about uh the big signing of jazzy gabbert which i don't know if it's gabbert or yeah. gabbert uh well they pronounced it gabbert but i mean this is also a place where we've met um uh, diamond dijakovic and also Di- Devon jakadovic you know so hopefully it really is jazzy gabbert um they they got a couple other uh uh, wrestlers as well, but this I think this is the big signing because as far as the the women's division goes, um, a lot of them are right now kind of being cast depending on their agility, and there's not a ton of powerhouse characters um, either through NXT UK, um, NXT SmackDown or Raw, um, and I think this is this is a this is an exciting move. Um, she gets billed as a powerhouse. She has legitimate strength. You know, she's not, uh, you know, she's got go muscles, not show muscles. She's a she's a scary lady. She's got a lot of highlights online. You can watch of her fighting um, men um, more than holding her own, uh, you know, getting these guys up over her head for a lot of, um, you know, hanging vertical suplexes, uh, pretty impressive power cool. bombs, yeah. uh, stuff like that. And they've been getting her on um, some talk shows. She's adjusted her look to look, you know, a little more feminine, camera friendly. Because, um, you know, they try to book her as a monster heel. And when she, you know, dolled up, I, I think that's, unfortunately, for her wrestling career in WWE, that's what got their eye when she dolled up. So I'm glad she was able to kind of use that as bait to, uh, you know, catch the WWE fish, if you will. Um, so good for her. I'm excited to see she did really well in the May Young Classic. Um, I don't know if you remember it, but to close the show before the finals in the May Young Classic, they had a uh, three-on-three heels versus faces match. Um, everybody was obviously, you know, Pavlovian reactions for the faces. But after the match, the biggest pop of the night was for Jazzy. She lost. She was a heel. But the crowd still went nuts cool. for her. So. I'm excited to see more of that. Yeah, so not too, not too much. You know, we got to see how her career goes, but um, exciting signing. Yeah, also, uh, and, and that's good to see because NXT UK featured no ladies' matches this week, uh, but we did get some awesome, three awesome matches. And I, I just to to put this at the back end of an already you know fantastic week of SmackDown and Raw. So the main roster stuff is on point. Yes, and then Wednesday. And no way was that even, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to say that when you've got Roman Reigns and Batista coming back, Kevin Owens coming back, 
you still look at Wednesday, and I'm st- it's it's still got the like the most memorable moments to me. But uh, it started with NXT UK and just a technical clinic by Tyler Bate and uh, Jack Gallagher, and I, I just you know the match I, I tweeted out. There were some moments in it that they were spinning around so much. I I wanted to blow chunks just watching it. But it was it was fantastic, and these guys know each other well, and uh, they did some great you know ground wrestling or uh, floor wrestling. Um, really, just you know started to look like a dance the way these guys would. Some people call it some people call it mat wrestling, but Jesus! All right, thanks, Mike. Another another one of these uh, great people I talked about last week uh, that just need to get a, a word in. Uh, act- Act- yeah. Actually, it's uh, pronounced uh, Matt Wrestling, and as yeah. a Matt, no, now, I would think you Now I know that uh, I, I know I can't enjoy it because I didn't call it uh, the right thing, so I guess I'll, I'll just leave it at, I love that match, how and did, uh, yeah, we'll move I, on to Welter. I don't understand how you enjoyed one second of what you didn't technically know. I, yeah. So, Walter <laughs> also took down uh, uh, Cassius Ono. Uh, that... Mike, you love that match. I'd rather you talked about it because I, I thought it was I thought it was fine. Uh, Walter looked pretty great, um, but go ahead. Here's the th- yeah. Here's the thing. Um, I don't know anything about what these two. I don't know what they're doing to each other, but I, I just liked what was happening. I was waiting for you to cut me off with some sarcastic comments. Matt, <laughs> no, I'm I'm uh, the nice guy. So there's there's. There's Matt wrestling and there's Mike douching and that's what we got here a moment ago. So I apologize, Fine. but Matt, spe- <laughs> Walter and Cassius, Cassius—they don't call him Cassius. It's Cassius. Jesus I think the Christ. reason that this match, Mike, you piece of uh, shit. <laughs> the reason this match is exciting for me is I like seeing Walter on my TV. He's just a big Aww. ugly goon. With the best sounding knife edge chops this side of Roddy Strong. Um, he didn't get to do him as, as viciously in this match. I think Cassius Ono is not only wearing his usual uh, Oh No jersey, it looked like he had a layer of Kevlar on underneath. Um, there's a few times his shirt got tugged up, and there's this you know, black protection underneath. I think what's happening, Matt, this is the best booking uk has done so far because walter is treated like a special event he's treated like finn balor used to be in nxt he's treated like nakamura used to be where it's you know he's just doing a mid-card match but it's treated like a you know a a can't miss attraction and so far walter has been very impressive uh with his vicious power and then they still let him go airborne for um you know his running kicks his running drop kicks and then he's got a, you know, very punishing power bomb. So, really, this is probably the best so far they've they've booked somebody. And I'm including um, Pete Dunne. Well, in that. I'll I'll say you know, uh, one thing we don't want to ignore either is that this was recorded in Phoenix, so they had an opportunity to put some guys in the ring with some of their stars, uh, you know, and and have them match up with names we actually recognize. And and it even went to the as far as <laughs> in regards to like oni uh oni and lorkin as i like to call them uh but and yeah. danny and birch <laughs> when oni lorkin and danny birch were going up against the grizzled young vets uh vic joseph made a comment about how 
they're actually in uh in contendership I, I guess is the right word mike you can correct me if i if i use the wrong word uh for the <laughs> nxt tag titles uh basically no selling the fact that they're in a championship match you know while he's calling the match and he's like yeah these guys are really focused on the nxt tag titles and they're they're in a title match so it, it just yep. it's it's the good thing about uh you know this this week for nxt uk is that um you know we're 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 getting an opportunity to see these guys get some wins over uh a crowd that isn't isn't so unknown to us uh Ugh. but but just kind of the the back you know what what kind of happened um it's like a repercussion of that, I guess, is the likes of Vic Joseph making these reminders for us. I, you know, don't forget uh, Lorcan and Birch are actually more focused on these other titles. Uh, but, but over, you know, overall, that's, right. it's kind of good and bad. So yeah. we got, if this doesn't go well, we, they don't give a shit. They got a real tag team yeah, match got, right around the corner. We got better yeah. booking, but then, you know, I think, I think the negative there was uh, just, this this weird focus that the announcers took on it um kind of kind of going off off pace on what on the direction you're going in now that i think about it no but, I, uh, I see what you're seeing like all all all, all it means is that we got to get past this weird uh tape delay here with nxt uk um <laughs> this this kind of stuff you know when they used to do those two episodes a day uh i you know i wouldn't be super upset if you know, this was maybe you know, all the Phoenix stuff. Let's get that out of the way and try to make it a little more up to date with what everything else, you know, everything else that's going on in, you know, WWE and NXT. So I think in that regard, you're right on the money. Let's let's catch it up a little bit. It seemed like we were on pace again, and now it's, you know, lagging behind. We, there's no reason we should still be in Phoenix. It's almost March. Right. Um, I mean, we got a good match out of it. That's great. But, it, you know, let's catch up. So it feels like this has equal importance not that it's you know uh what was that uh before the attitude era really got kicking you know back when mick foley was winning the belt um you know against dx um you know that's when we had a tape delay so you know it, it felt felt a little a little staggered let's let's get past that uh matt let's jump into our favorite hour of tv and that was nxt um non-derivative we'll call it um matt what was your hot tag favorite segment from the 8 p.m viewing of nxt this week matt uh it's tough to pick i think the moment that will that we'll be talking about and feeling and dissecting uh past wrestlemania maybe up until nxt takeover chicago the next one that that occurs which i is now looking like when this will all come to fruition um it was gargano and champa putting diy back together but uh you know i'm happy to talk about yep. what number two was but uh you know let yeah let's let's, let's talk gargano and champa let off the show um i mean really when you think about it we have just been waiting this waiting for this to come the only thing that's different from what we've talked about and you know going week to week and again we're talking about you know the idea of these two guys were a tag team they break up they have feud of the year johnny gargano tommaso champa 
going at it, pay-per-view after pay-per-view, week after week. One guy's injured, then the next guy's injured. You know, whether or not they're real injuries or not, it's still played into the story. And we're just trying to figure out when are these guys going to have their final match. We were thinking it was WrestleMania, but now we're, you know, we just talked. We're five weeks away from WrestleMania, and these guys just shook hands on Wednesday to become a tag team again. As as Johnny Gargano told us, he, and, and they played it out brilliantly. I loved it. Gargano had the words, the only time I'm successful you know, is when, and that that's not verbatim, uh, but then Champa's music yeah. kicks in. You know, that, no one will survive! Oh, I love Champa's song. I like it, yeah. I like that song. But, you know, it's just, it was such a great way, you know, Gargano probably, you know, in his in his mind, he'd struggled to admit that to himself. And they took it right out, you know, they took it away from him. He didn't have to say, Champa's my savior. But then they, they had that amazing moment, and now it's our cover photo on our Facebook page and our Twitter of Gargano and Champa shaking hands because <laughs> I really do think, yeah. like, this, compared to every story, even Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, this is the best story that's being told in pro wrestling. And it's definitely better, yeah. and uh, you know, I'm gonna take a shot here only because this brand gets gets to pat itself on the back all the time. They haven't had a single match, but this is way better, Mike, than anything of a, a fight that's gonna last for one night and we're never gonna hear about it again, like from AEW. This has been going on right. forever, and this is what this is the benefit. This is when WWE does it right. This is the benefit of having a weekly episodic show. Sure, there's a lot of negatives, and we just talked about NXT UK and their struggles. But with NXT, they're telling this two... It's going to be two-year-long story of these two guys. And it's going to go down as the greatest wrestling story of all time. And I'm, I have no qualms about making that comment, because it'll be one I remember... And with my little baby on the way, it'll be the story I'm sure I'm telling them as soon as they're old enough to understand it. <laughs> uh, and probably, probably before. Yeah, they're old like I, to there'll be it. cave paintings in their bedroom of me telling the story of Gargano and Champa, and, and it'll be important for them to learn this, Mike, because they need to know that sometimes you can get back together. And long ago, long ago, they were friends. And then they pursued personal success, and everything fell apart. You sound like Splinter from Ninja Turtles. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's how important this is to to us and the WWE Universe and NXT. Yes. And why these guys get called up on the main roster to take down some of the biggest names in, in, in tag wrestling. It's because... These guys are, are just being set up for greatness. They're expert yeah. storytellers. So, so yes. And uh, the other thing, too, is I really want to... God, please, please keep keep doing this. You remember when SmackDown started doing those camera angles where they'd bring in, like... Not a drone, but, like, that NFL camera on a wire, and then they would kind of fling it over the ring while they were fighting, and they would yeah. experiment a little bit. That moment you referenced... With the camera panning around so that you could see the visual answer. The visual finish of Gargano's sentence was Champa. 
do more of that. I know that there's a hard cam and, you know, we teach these guys to look a certain way when it's, you know, the time to close the match out. But those kind of moments in NXT really make the story feel yeah. more real. I mean, um, that, that camera work. I don't know whose idea that was, who gets the credit, but that needs to be acknowledged. How integral that is. How, how it seems like a, it seems like a small detail, but it, just like what you said. It also it opened up the door so Gargano didn't have to have like this long drawn out. The only success I've ever had was because of Tommaso Ciampa. Instead, it's just something he internalized and he had a visual manifestation of this thing. It's such a it's more powerful as an image and it it keeps Gargano strong without having to admit it out loud. A uh, hundred. It's an important. Yeah, it's an it, important. It's something detail. too where this uh, type of entertainment doesn't experiment enough i think this is a whole nother thing we could talk about for hours um i think i think one company that took advantage of the fact that there are cameras everywhere was uh i think uh lucha underground right was the um uh yes oh my gosh who's the robert rodriguez is the guy behind that and and his idea of like let's make this look more like television and that's that's one way to do it. I, I don't know why they don't do more. You know, I had the idea because I just watched uh, Fighting with My Family. Um, you know, why why don't they have, like, a shot from, from like, the press box or something, like, at the end of WrestleMania? You know, maybe, maybe Roman Reigns did just win and we were all upset that he won. Or maybe we're all upset that Brock won. But then just have this shot that's for everybody watching at home of maybe it's like you can see like john cena's wristband and, J- and cena's making a come you know actually that sucks not john cena but you know what i mean like nobody nobody's seeing this but it's just a second and you can recognize you know a wristband or you can see the shorts they're not going to actually address the camera but just have them watching from the press box you know like do do a cool shot like that and then have them walk off camera and have us excited for monday night raw the next day even though we're all fucking furious with the results do that. Right. Why aren't right. we doing more of that? I, I mean, I, I, go ahead. I don't know. I, you know, like the NFL, for example, has to you know try to cover 120 yards. You know, when you consider the end zones, so they try to get you know uh, cameras from the press box, cameras, you know, sideline, cameras dangling over the yeah. players now, uh, cameras on the on the on the flags in the corner, cameras uh, on the cones. Um, the WWE ring, wrestling ring, is so much smaller. Like it, it feels like there's so many more opportunities where if you know that the object that we're looking at is static and you know that you know this wrestling dance has to take place, you know, in this confined stage, it feels like you should have you know so many more opportunities to, you know, really capture emotion when somebody's uh, you know, getting choked out by Shayna Baszler or you know, taking a taking a springboard off the second rope like ricochet like we should we should that's those are incredible feats and i think they could really they could be doing a lot more to make those moments even more incredible than they are right now so i you know I, we're already going to be pushing an hour here and we haven't even got to gotten everything but uh, yeah hopefully we know wwe likes to eavesdrop on our conversations and then not give us credit so you know maybe steal this idea too you're welcome <laughs> Matt, 
this uh, this whole segment kind of started with, um, you know, I was just asking you what your yeah. favorite moment was, and, you know, I'm, that was the best moment because it, it does have repercussions, you know, for months. Um, I do want to acknowledge um, that Keith Lee and Dominic <laughs> Dijakovic um, had two, probably their best match, even though it had maybe the worst ending. They had maybe their best main roster television match. i want to jump in real quick and just say i i love the ending well i i like that it protects both guys it's just you know you don't get a, a finish and it it does mean that you're going to get an actual feud out of it those are good it's just eh, you know double count out it's not the most exciting finish but you got a true display of you know what it's like for these two 300 pound you know basically two 300 pound guys being almost as athletic as the 205 live roster so um the crowd reactions were perfect because they were literally just in the moment reacting to what it's like to see these two 300 pound monsters have that incredible athleticism and to you know when you try to enjoy the wwe <laughs> network you sound like porky pig i know it's a hard one to say i feel like hulk hogan it's hard to watch those old matches because now you're kind of spoiled with how athletic these guys are so these two guys they really boiled the wwe network Oh, I can go. Okay. I, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to keep going. Um, I know yeah. you just wanted to hear more. Well, you pick. talked about um, the camera angles, and this match had one of the best shots. You know, <laughs> this whole show had two of the best shots we've seen in pro wrestling camera angles. Uh, so we're talking about, you know, uh, Champa coming out with Gargano struggling to say Champa is his reason for winning. Um, but then. That uh, flip, I don't know what to call it, because they're doing... Uh, 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 Dijakovic is flipping Keith Lee. He's got he's getting uh, leverage on his core, on Keith Lee's core, putting his legs there, and then flipping from the top rope, and Keith Lee does a full 360. Lands on his feet. Dijakovic never sees it, but he does that slow turn from the corner, and thank God they timed yeah. that well. Because then Keith Lee and him catch eyes at the same time. Like, they both turned into that angle. That, telling that story of just, this is the future of NXT, and that's why it didn't need, that's why I was happy with the ending. And I know we do get upset, but then we, we also got to remember, you know, this is, this is what Robert Rodriguez wanted to create with Lucha Underground. This, this is television. This is storytelling. And this isn't a short story. Right. This isn't one that needed a victory. This is one that'll go on uh, well past WrestleMania, well past the uh, previously mentioned uh, NXT TakeOver Chicago, uh, where a lot of changes could be coming at that point, or maybe even SummerSlam. But the new roster is going to be taking over soon. And I know we talk all the time that we don't want it to happen, but we've already seen ricochet alistair black and gargano and champa on the main roster so whatever changes are coming there's a need to start building these other two characters and why not build a feud and i know you and i have been huge fans right. of dijakovic and this this really was yeah I, I know he's taken down some little guys but this was a coming out party i think for not just both of these wrestlers to finally start you know really 
showing off what the potential is. But also a coming out party for these right. guys that have been fighting in uh, PWG for years. And to just kind of say, all right, this feud is has not complete. It's not finished by any sense of the meaning uh, of, of the word. <laughs> what, what am I trying to say? Of finished? Right. Um, but... Uh... Well, I'm excited, too, because, you know, we had a... a... You know, Bobby Lashley, we had Apollo Crews. Um, you know, we haven't had really a, a big... You know, like, you know, Ricochet is... You know, he's he's already won some championships. But it'd be cool to finally see a, you know, bigger, you know, black wrestler win some singles championships. Because it definitely seems like Keith Lee has got the athleticism. He's got the shape. Um, he's got the confidence. He's got the smugness. Um he's fine pandering to the crowd um so in that sense it, it's it's exciting to see this guy fight you know he had some stumbles against uh, cassius ono you know we couldn't have cassius you know lose every single match of his career but it it kind of gave me pause to you know wonder what they're going to do with keith lee but if he's going to enter a feud with this you know dijakovic i'm up op- i'm optimistic so um, the other, I'd say the other big segment, um, was, uh, the main event. We got to see Maya Yim really impress the crap out of us against Shayna Baszler. Um, we, we've kind of been giving Maya some heck, um, cause I don't think she's quite had that, you know, that, that match that demonstrates to the audience that, you know, she belongs there. Um, and I think Shayna, Shayna did an amazing job of making Maya Mia looked like a million bucks. Um, it was a lot closer of a of a match yeah. than I think you would expect, uh, just because Shane has been so dominant. Um, and Mia, it looked like her offense was working. She actually had a little bit of a script as far as verbally what to say, where she was, you know, asking for Shana to finish her just so she could, you know, reverse that into a, a roll up pin. Um, and it always it's up till this match she seemed kind of unsure you know her her greenness was really coming out and this match you know i i think it's it's really gonna do wonders for mia i think that she's gonna really have some confidence because she really performed incredibly well um and i guess now we're learning that Shayna she's she's ready to you know be on the front lines of a you know a main roster because she's that good she's she's getting the best out of whoever she's in the ring with i do want to defend it, mia yim just in the sense that she's not i, I we can't put her as green because she's been wrestling for years and she she's not uh i i think it i think it was one of yeah, these I, things it, it was it was something mixed with she needs to slowly introduce herself as a legitimate pro wrestler um but i think there's also that that element of meeting all these people that are also that are super green in the ring and and trying to hold back on your moves and also get to know any everybody else in the ring um you know and and there's also the issue of talent which that's our conversation is you know what had we seen up to this point and i think now it's just fair to say that we'd been waiting to see some 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 real skill out of mia because uh you know her coming in was was all over social media people were super excited about it they cheer for her when she comes out and fights and because of our, I, I would say, just not non-interest in 
uh, Impact Wrestling or TNA. We just we never saw her fight, and we just hadn't seen enough to to say. You know, we we're basically asking the question: Why? Why are we so excited about her? And at least now we saw a a glimpse of that. I think I I don't think we saw something that would you know equate to the level of excitement um, that was that was hitting the Richter scale when she did first get signed. But uh, if I had to say things are trending upward, I, I totally could get on board with that. Yeah, it's, it's you know, when we uh, were there for the takeover weekend at Royal Rumble, I think that's when the War Raiders um, really yeah. got over for me. Like, I started to understand where they're coming from. Um, you know, when we saw Dijakovic in person, that really got him over for us. Um, I Honestly, I would say this week really helped me develop an interest in learning more about the Keith Lee character. And uh, it, this was an incredible week at NXT because it, it also got me more interested in Mia Yim. Um, but Matt, as far as female wrestlers go, I know we're running out of time here. We got to talk about this. This this online feud, and, you know, obviously going to be a wrestling feud, but online feud between Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey. Um, I thought I was on top of all this stuff, but Matt, you found some things that are as a wrestling fan, just I gotta say, a little disturbing. Do you want to kind of talk about what yeah, um, uh, what Ronda thought was a good idea we'll, to tweet? Just to you know, give the recap here. Um, supposed to be Becky versus Ronda. Vince McMahon comes in and puts Charlotte Flair into the uh, into the <laughs> into the triple threat. Um, Charlotte actually goes. <laughs> That was <laughs> that I didn't know it'd be on the mic, and also it was a perfect review of what was <laughs> happening in the story. Uh, Charlotte comes out the next week, gives an amazing promo. Becky gets, uh, you know, she's she's hurt. She gets kicked off of television programming, and she's been kind of crashing the scene, uh, both at Elimination Chamber on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. And this was just another uh, crashing the scene this week. Becky. Uh, comes in for a or, or during a, a Ronda Natalia match, and then uh, Ronda drops the title, and she says uh, a- after Becky Lynch gets dragged out of the arena, we're supposed to think that she's going to jail. Uh, Ronda says enough is enough. I don't want to be champion anymore. If this is you know this is how you guys do business, and she walks off. Now this this is kind of where I wanted this conversation to go. Charlotte comes in on SmackDown. Delivers a horrible promo. <laughs> so now, essentially, she's the only one who's still on TV at this point. And she's the one that we're supposed to trust. And, and you know, going past the storyline, yeah. like, I get it. I, I know I'm supposed to be mad at Charlotte that she's getting this. But I, I still will always make the argument, I think she's bad at promos. Uh, she did great a couple weeks ago. This was a bad promo. And she instantly, in my opinion, became the third wheel. Like, now... We don't. I, I don't care a lick now. I, this is totally still Becky versus Ronda, and after Charlotte made some ground, she pulled herself back. Maybe you know <laughs> took took weeks off. Uh, you know the uh, the advances that she made with her good promos. So on social yeah. media, Becky and Ronda are a thousand times more interesting uh, than what Charlotte did with you know ten minutes of TV time. I actually tweeted out, Mike, that I was fine with Rhonda's first tweet. 
Um, I thought it was, it was like, okay, I get it. Like Rhonda isn't really getting over on Becky and this is her like coming at her strong. And this is her trying to be, I'm Rhonda Rousey. And this, that, uh, this is, uh, after that. And Rhonda basically said, stop screwing around and pretending to go to jail. We have a fight, you know, that needs to happen. And Becky comes around and says, stop using the f word which uh would be in reference to fake uh so here here's here's some transcripts here um that's what i'm trying to do dumbass you hobbling around trying to be a ginger crutch ninja and taking fake prison shots in the hallway isn't helping (laughs) and this was this is basically becky going don't lay down the title we have a fight and then that's Rhonda's response uh becky says don't say the f word and then Rhonda says f word you mean fake fake like your nonsensical bs armbar that doesn't even work and just looks like you're holding the dick you wish you had uh becky tweets at her a picture of her doing the armbar and there's a face on the arm i don't know if that's Rhonda's husband but that was my best guess i, I only saw it once so it could have been so uh, Becky kind of just said, "Ah, it does look like a dick." <laughs> In response, uh, and... yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's right, Travis cool. Brown said. <laughs> uh, and then Rhonda's final response is, "Rebecca Quinn, I don't care what the script says. I'm beating the living shit out of you the next time I see you." Oh my! So we've got three straight tweets or Instagram messages. Who gives a flying fuck? Of Rhonda. Tearing down the business that she loves so much, or she tells us that she loves. Um, I don't know if it was frustration. I don't know if it's just because she couldn't get the better of Becky and she feels like she should. But, I mean, this kind of just feels like she's not playing the game. You know, like, she took it out of that... uh, I just... What have, what have I talked about already in this episode is is becoming more like a television program. And not once have you ever seen an actor get mad because they're... <laughs> like, like, the fans of a show maybe don't like their character. So they start, like, yeah, well, fuck you guys. I, I could kick the shit out of Rick Grimes. You know, like, uh, from The Walking Dead. Like, it well, just... Well, yeah. Like, I can't... Like, Ralph... Ralph Fiennes, like, hey, Daniel Radcliffe, hey, <laughs> fuck you! Like, whoa! It's yeah. just a movie, man. Voldemort's a... Yeah, fiction. but everybody hates you know. me now. Well, that, that's what you signed up for. <laughs> like, you're the bad guy. Like, come on. And that, I mean, that's that's where it got into that that area, that, that realm. When she took it, not to a second tweet, but a third. And it's like, alright. Right. And, and Becky's trying her best from our perspective that's what it looks like she's trying her best to like take the uh attention away from ronda rousey saying this is fake fighting and turn it into some i i just mike i I admitted i tweeted out that i liked her first response but this this is too much in my opinion this is getting way past what works with pro wrestling and the only thing i feel like no, you know what? You couldn't even you couldn't even do I was going to say you can't do a UFC fight at WrestleMania because what you're basically saying there is these other 10 matches don't matter. 
They're what we scripted. So, I don't know what the solution is here. Well, for the most part, it feels like tweets are measured, uh, you know, dialogue from whoever's yeah. writing the show. I, 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 I think when it's directed at other people, um, cause I can't believe they'll just let it go off the rails and, you know, say whatever you want, especially when you're, you're most of the time their Twitter handles are at WWE fill in the blank. Um, but it feels like Rhonda, you know, people like Finn, uh, you know, when they, you know, Finn says something like, you know, Finn is over kind of stuff. Um, and Becky, it definitely feels like she has some creative input on what she gets to say. Um, Twitter is scary because it's, it really is the loaded gun. Like it's so impulsive. I, I can't believe that the writers gave the green light to all this stuff because I don't know if it makes her look like a face. I don't, you know, as far as we're going to have a real fight, not your, you know, Becky dancing. You know, I, I don't know if you're really grabbing that crowd because the people spending money on tickets are wrestling fans who, you know, know the fix is in. Um, I, I don't know if we're trying to make her a heel because she's trying to do the, the, the honest thing and be like, hey, I want this certain competitor in the match. It's only fair. It's only right. So it kind of feels like WWE talking out of both sides of their mouth if, you know, this is um, like an orchestrated yeah. move. So it, it just feels a little tone deaf. It First thing I thought of was Roman Reigns calling out fans, you know, for, for booing him and, you know, getting upset. And it's like, dude, we're the reason that you get paid what you get paid. Like, if we didn't react the way you did, you, you know, you can hang out and, you know, I, I have some backyard wrestling you could be a part of you know if you really are that passionate about this business yeah um so i i don't know what what's gonna happen now this doesn't <laughs> it's definitely not something wwe is gonna acknowledge come monday night you know hey don't forget to check out social media ronda rousey and becky lynch were going at it uh ronda said you know we're gonna go off script and uh she said what <laughs> She said she's not doing this fake wrestling shit. She's going to legitimately hurt her. Not in a funny way. Not in an ironic way. I'm going to hurt you. I'm a trained professional fighter. While you are an acting clown with red fake hair. Oh my god. Alright, back to you. You know, there, there's no way they're going to bring this up. So. <laughs> I, uh, I... I guess what it really proves is that Becky Lynch is the master of Twitter and she's really gotten under the skin of Rhonda to such an extent that she's dropped her professionalism. Um, so I guess as far as crowning her the man, um, you know, uh, uh, m you know, male anatomy illusions, um, you know, aside, I, I think that she can't, she has earned that that moniker because of the way she, it feels like she can just you know in a Tommaso Ciampa kind of way just kind of be the puppet master for all of her competition um except that hers feels like it's more grounded in reality <laughs> where Ciampa's it's a little more scripted um so I, I guess basically our whole discussion here is 
yay for Becky, shame on Ronda. Yeah. Um, I don't know. As wrestling fans, you know, if you're listening to this, what is Ronda thinking? Why would you bury the business? Uh, it gave you, you know, somebody who couldn't win real fights anymore. This gave you a chance to be undefeated. So, you know, maybe maybe not be so quick to judge, you know, the, the hand that feeds, you know? Yeah, and, and I think most of us are going to be on board, um, us wrestling fans. And I, I just, it, it, it'd be hard for me to figure out why anybody would prefer this over the alternative um but you know with that being said we're also at an hour and 20 minutes um any any last quick hits mike that you wanted to make i um i well i mean there's some things that we had on the main roster but nothing really uh made me wiggle like we talked about earlier um no i you know uh just one little nugget um just because we i know we tweeted about it back and forth a little bit it's it's just nice to see, you know, Leo Rush getting an Intercontinental Championship opportunity. I don't think anyone believed he was going to win. Um, but it, it just adds to his legitimacy to see him in a one-on-one match against, you know, one of the most over guys in the company, Finn Balor, in a match for gold. Um, and he didn't have, you know, Bobby Lashley grabbing Finn's ankles or anything like that. You know, we got a 15-minute contest. I it's just it's something we've talked about a lot if you want the 205 live guys to get over put them in the match with other people stop you know having this division of labor you know these guys look the part you know especially if you're looking at buddy murphy he's a he's a big guy i mean he's not 300 pounds but you know seth rollins is only like 215 so you know buddy's right there um yeah, get o- get everybody over. That's the name of the game. Let's sell some t-shirts, Matt. That's uh, I I'd say that's my last little nugget for the week. Bravo to adding two hundred five live guys. My, my last shout out's just gonna be to Tommy Wiseau who uh, tweeted at the man and Vince McMahon. Uh, I just saw this <laughs> <laughs> of um, uh, a picture that Becky Lynch sent out say? that was Tommy Wiseau with Ronda's face on it. So he said, tell Vince McMahon, I will introduce your WWE match. <laughs> That's That was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers crossed that comes to fruition. Um, Matt, we are one. We're there. Next week. Episode six. Oh, I was hoping you weren't going to say it. Oh, well. All right. We said it. All right. <laughs> Matt, you got any big news nope. for what's coming All up right. next week? Let's wrap it up. God damn it. Oh, man, we didn't even talk about the Dusty Classic. All right, we'll talk about it next week in episode 69. All right, Matt, remind the people where they can find us, and we'll ride off You're lucky I didn't hit stop yet. I was ready to. Uh, It's bodpodcast.com and at bodpodcast. Of course, you'll see the tweets about the Dusty Classic. Uh, We've got the team set. We've got the tourney set, so go check that out. Um uh, yeah, that's uh that's it. Have have a great weekend everybody. Yep, Matt, always a pleasure. Any uh no! any you know WWE impressions? Oh, you I thought you were going to ask any last show? thoughts. Any, uh... No, we're done. <laughs> you got any impressions for us, Matt? You've been working no. on? Huh? Wait, let me do no. uh you know 
let me do let me do uh this is <laughs> hold on i prepared for this this is uh this is batista when uh are you just opening up a video of batista <laughs> no, I, I swear I'm, I'm not uh this this is off the cuff all right here this is... we go then we're gonna hear a 15 second bumper on YouTube. This is this is Batista after he's asked someone six times to repeat <laughs> what they've said. All right, you ready? Ha! Huh? Ready. That was. Remember, that's what he did to Triple H. Yeah, we know what it was, man. Thanks. As <laughs> the game. Uh... I had to look over Raw and SmackDown and at uh, this is a live show, buddy. <laughs> Nobody laughed at that recovery. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week for our episode. Six thanks, thanks for tuning in for Ladies those last two minutes. minutes. All right. There were the arguably the greatest two moments in podcast history. Bungle, Matthew. Of my loops <laughs> at 485 pounds, Matthew Jiggly Belly. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Bye.